For me, it's 10.28 p.m. on November 13th, 2021. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by RPGera.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair is host of... I our nothing home. our home. <laughs> I think that you should have like a a baking YouTube show. A baking YouTube. No, I'm not that uh interesting. Well, I mean there's scripts for that. We can cure interesting people. What we, <laughs> we I'm just not that charismatic. What we can't cure is like untalent. But you have the talent. Well, They've got that part. You could do a YouTube show. I could edit it. We'll send it off to Brian just like he edits and cuts this. Hey, Congratulations last night on making it through the hardest escape room. We did amazing. It was a Star Trek themed escape room. Yes. It was the hardest difficulty they had. We were nervous going in. I we, mean, we went with Kaylee and Jeff, yes. friends of the show, and we got out with no hints and 13 minutes remaining. Go us. Go us. It was a good time, wasn't it? Was, it? it was an excellent time for the birthday boy. It, it was my birthday recently, so thank you for that. Thank you for taking me to a Shout birthday out. room. Shout out, yes. <laughs> but we've just been, I've been like thinking about it all day, like, man, we just wrecked that room. Sure I thought that going into it, my extensive knowledge of Star Trek lore would be helpful. It wasn't. It wasn't. They didn't. <laughs> And I asked the lady at the beginning, I was like, "Is it? does it help that I know a lot about Star Trek? And she's like, no. I was like, well, crap, that was my that was my advantage going into this. But she didn't care. That's okay. We did great. So good job to you. You were helpful. We worked together as a team. Everybody was helpful. Everybody was helpful. For like the first All time ever. All were involved. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, Kaylee. Well, no, I was, I was a big idiot one time and did absolutely nothing. <laughs> And it wasn't a scary one. We usually do the scary ones. Oh, yeah. We usually do a spooky one. But this one wasn't spooky. It was just a lot of fun. Thanks for doing that. Anyways, not talking about Star Trek. We, you know, We've been busy, so this is a late one. This is a late episode. Yeah, sorry. But you know what? I can't believe we've never st- talked like Star Trek on the media files before. There's been like multiple Star Trek seasons. Who are you going to talk about it with? Not me. Joe. You have never. Joe's never been on the show. He's a good friend of mine. He would be on the show. I don't know. Jared. Jared would be an excellent Jared likes Star Trek. I've got friends that like Star Trek. Okay. Just because you don't. Not everybody wants to sit in a closet with you. Yes, they do. (laughs) This week, we're talking about you. If you've never watched the Netflix hit series You before, then you certainly aren't aware of the increasingly complicated mess that is Joe Goldberg's life as he struggles with love, obsession, and the occasional murder. Season 3 premiered on Netflix on October 15th, 2021, and along with returning actors Penn Badgley and Victoria Pedretti, it stars Saffron Burroughs, Shalita Grant, Travis Van Winkle, Dylan Arnold, and Tati Gabrielle. You has already been ordered for more seasons at Netflix. It's hard to talk about you what? if if you've if if you're talking about it to somebody who's never seen it before. I guess because it sounds it's, a lot scarier than it is. Well, it starts off a show and then quickly just keeps expanding and getting more wild and crazy. This is this is a show that I don't know that it's jumped, dark. It's dark. It's goofy in a lot of ways. Um, 
not, not not like comedic, funny, goofy, no. but just how ridiculous these people are. I, I like there are times that I laugh in this show and I, I don't know that I'm supposed to be laughing, but I think like the tension this gets to me. third episode had a lot more lighthearted moments. The third season. Yes. Yeah. I, did I say episode? Season. That's okay. But this show is, it's just a crazy, crazy show. And I always find that talking about this show, I have a hard time. I, I recommend it for most people. Of course. Not everybody, but most people I recommend this show. I do love this show, but I have a hard time describing it to people. It's about a guy who's totally off his rocker. He is an, uh, he's a stalker. He's an organized stalk- killer. And very obsessive. Obsessive. Not compulsive. No. But just obsesses over things and people specifically and is is just a gross human overall. So if you've never watched you before, then then it is we based will, off a book, it, a series of books, I yes. believe. And if you've never watched it before, maybe this I mean, we are going to have to dive into some of the themes and actions that take place in you. It will be a spoiler in order to talk about this, this show. So maybe turn it off, watch some episodes, come back and listen. But anyways, Lindsay, what were your overall thoughts of season three of you for season three? I. I found it very interesting that they the story changes up a little bit by because Joe's thought process is usually spoken but his wife in this season you also hear her thought process and so that was an interesting uh, addition to the story there there's kind of an increase of dynamic there too and and there's like you said there is a big change in in the way that season 3 plays out by very nature of this show and the very nature of Joe Goldberg's life, every season so far has been almost entirely a different cast of characters, a different storyline because of the way that he lives his life, because of the yes. person that he is. Things have to change constantly. And I feel like because he was married, it was so much more chaotic. There's a lot. Well, and I think a lot of that goes to the benefit of Victoria Pedretti's character, Love, who plays his wife in this season uh, after the wild and crazy events of season two. And we get this we get this shift of dynamic where it's a story about Joe to a story about Joe and Love. Yeah. And. I think that Penn Badgley is a fantastic actor. Is it Badgley or Bagley? I thought it was Bagley. I think it's Badgley. Okay. But now that you say that, I realize I've never had to say it out loud. Pretty sure it's Bagley, but that's okay. It might be. I don't know. But at any rate, <laughs> I think he's a really great actor. And in this show, he does just the perfect job of being this charming, lighthearted, quick-witted fellow who who gets into these girls' lives and kind of smooth talks them into liking him, right? He he pulls them into his world. And then in the flip of a switch, turns into a total creep. He's got a really good voiceover voice as well. Yes. And there's a lot of his voiceover in the show. You hear his thought process. You hear his you hear you, all of his justification. His, his inner monologue is just is a constant overtone of this show. And that works so well. I feel like in the in the first season especially and and definitely through parts of season 2 he was the heavy hitter he carries the show yes especially in the first season but in this season we get so much Victoria Pedretti so much of love yes and i think that she's remarkable as well we've talked about her before um i i think that she's really good i do think she's a good actress and we get so much of her and we get some of her in her monologue too and she does a really great job and watching the two of them go back and forth and the and the interactions that they have with each other 
as two actually totally psychopaths. Yes. Right. Okay. Total lunatics, both of them. And and that the, the, the conflict between the two of them totally drives this season for me. And that's the change that I think the show needed was something to actually challenge Joe Goldberg. Okay, I think my favorite part of that with this season is having the comparison between Joe, the organized killer, and Love, the disorganized killer. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's well, it, and it should be said, too, that there's a huge shift in the way that this show kind of deals with murder. The first season of this show was on Lifetime. So oh, it was, was it? A, yes. This was oh. a Lifetime television show for one season, I and then no it idea. got canceled because nobody watched it. Netflix buys it, picks it up. And it's huge because it's on the front page of Netflix and everybody wants to watch it now. And then they pick it up for more seasons. And so I think, you know, the show being on Lifetime for the first season, not focused on murder. It's focused on obsession. Oh, yes. Much more stalking and um, planning. However, now that we're on Netflix, we can say the F word, right? We can show not full on nudity, which Netflix does. They don't in the show, but there is a lot of sex scenes in the show now that there weren't before. Yeah. I mean, but they are married and that's fine. I understand showing their marital issues. Well, not every sex scene in the show is between a married couple. That's also true. (laughs) And there's also a lot more murder. We get a lot more blood. We get a lot more gore. Because they're two killers now. Well, that's what I mean is is we've we get the gradual shift. We see this gradual downfall of this person who goes from just a stalker to really what amounts to be a serial killer. And he is. He's a serial killer. But he's the same psychopath he's always been. Yes. Each of his killings, he justifies in his mind that he's doing something for the greater good, right? For for the good of somebody else. He he has to do this. He has no choice. He has to kill this person. And he's so calculated. He's so smart. And this season, I think, too, really shows just how grossly calculated he is about his killing. Yeah, and the frustration he has with love being not so methodical, but so... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, She's... I mean, it's chaotic. Impulsive. She's so very impulsive, and it's hard for him to... Oh, just... It it makes her a liability to him. That's a good word. I mean, really, that's how you start to feel about halfway through the season. Yeah. Is that love is a total liability in Joe's life. And to her, she's... Every kill is justified because she's protecting her family. Whereas his was... Most of his are just, I need this. I need this person. Right. I need this. And he's protecting one other person. One person. Now... As much as I like watching Penn Badgley or Bagley, whichever, <laughs> uh, Joe on screen, and as much as I like watching Victoria Pedretti on screen, She's great. this show, for me, at times gets a little bit hard to watch because you really are watching a cast of wholly unlikable people. It's so stressful, though. Most of the people in the in this show, you want nothing to do with. They that, are, yeah. they're dirt bags. And what they're doing with each other and around each other oh is just disgusting. You get so irritated with their wealthy neighbors, Sherry and, and Carrie. Carrie. Sherry oh, and Carrie, boy. which I do have to say that Carrie uh, as a newcomer of the season and, a, and really honestly a minor character in in this season is definitely my favorite character, I think, from you so far in all three seasons. Carrie had me 
absolutely cracking up in multiple scenes. He's so irritating. Yeah. And he's so stupid. But by the end of the season, you just love him. He's so dumb. And it's just, he had me laughing, especially by the end of the season. In the last couple episodes, Carrie had me really cracking up. And I liked I liked the kind of dynamic that played there. It definitely subverted my expectations in terms of where the characters of Carrie and Sherry, Sherry right, yeah. are going to go. Um, after the first couple episodes, you and I looked at each other and said, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Yeah. And it didn't. No. Things actually didn't go the way that I thought they were going to. And I liked that a lot. I did like that those things shifted in, in ways that I didn't expect. Um, and it wasn't predictable. That was really fun for me. That was fun. The other thing that I find really difficult about you, as much as I like you, the thing that I find difficult about it is that it's not a show that you can, like I said earlier, a show that you can recommend to everybody. No, I, but I really enjoy thrillers and serial oh we know murder stories killers this one like joe is based off of ted bundy so if people appreciate that uh, storyline i mean then you could recommend it but i also think that the stalking part of this and the obsessive part of this i think that it hits really close to home for a lot of people because you don't know it's happening and it could totally happen to you well and speaking personally never had a stalker as far as i'm aware i'm not some people don't know maybe i do you have and i know people who have i know many people who have to some degree had somebody following them or somebody stalking them To varying degrees, right? And that leaves trauma on people. That can be a very traumatic experience to find that that's happening. And so in that regard, I mean, you got to be careful as to who you recommend this show to. I think that it could be almost like a PTSD trigger for a lot of people because of what what they see the characters in the show doing. And... Not celebrated. It's not you're never under the impression that either of these people are good people, but they are the main characters of this show. I don't know. I'd just say it's a dark show if you enjoy that kind of I guess. Show. I guess so. Because there's also the childhood trauma that both Love and Joe have. Now at the at the end of season three, we again see a big shift. Um we see a little bit of change of what's going to happen and, and big spoilers here coming for the end of season three. We're going to be on a different continent going into I, season four. I want to know what he chooses as his name. He, they already the, said. In, they did? Yeah, at the end of What was it? Final, Nick. Oh. Yeah, he said his name's Nick. Okay. Because in he, the first season, He orders Will. a drink at a bar. Right? Oh, maybe. I forgot about that. Yeah. That he uses a different name. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Huh. But no, they say his name's Nick in the final okay. episode. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Questions answered. <laughs> That's what you're here for. Live on air. But we we are at least going to have another season coming. There was speculations. Okay, it may or may not. I don't don't really think it's a thing. But to change up for the next season, I haven't read the books. I'm going to read the books just to appreciate the storyline more. Anyhow, people are speculating that maybe Ellie will be the one hunting him for the next season. From Do you remember Ellie from season two? Oh, yeah. So, and people are speculating that they see her in the last couple clips following him while he's walking down the street. Oh, really? Yeah. No, that is interesting. I hadn't heard that. But that would be that would be kind of a different change in formula, too, where somebody's change. following him, right? Stalking mm-hmm. him. And I think, like I said, I think that the changes coming into season three were good changes for the show, right? I, I don't think it could ride on the coattails of Joe being creepy stalker forever. Adding somebody else into the mix was a really good change. 
And I think maybe making him, I don't want to say the victim because he's not the victim, right? He's never been the victim in in his own scenarios, uh, but making him be the stalked and obsessed. It would be very interesting. It would be a very interesting change in dynamic, and I'm really excited about that. I am excited. It's a show that I will continue to watch as long as it runs because of this wildly intricate disgusting murder web that they've that they've weaved. I do want to say I feel like the worst part of season 3 is Joe's love interest. It was very pushed. Well, in my opinion. In what way? I don't feel like him and Marianne had enough chemistry, but also I feel like it would have taken a long time to flesh out that storyline. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely see that, especially because for the 10 episodes that we get of season 3, it is a moving show. Things go they hustle. very, very yeah. quickly. And in just 10 episodes, there are so many things that happen. And every single episode that goes by, some other gigantically big event takes place. Yeah. Be prepared I'd, to watch the last two episodes at the same time. Right. Yeah. And, and it's an easy show to binge for that reason, because yeah. there's so many things going on at any given time. I don't feel like that relationship was rushed. I feel like we did get kind of this big buildup of what's going on in her life, how things are good, how things are bad, and how he feels like he can be her savior. That it's it. It was a good love interest for him, but from her point of view, I didn't see her benefit of going for him. For him, yeah. I don't. Well, it's also hard to find anybody going for him just because we see all the background stuff. We hear his disgusting, gross thoughts, and so you know, it's hard. Like I said, it's hard to root for characters in this show full of when the main the main characters are just despicable, despicable people. Everything we talk about on the media files, we give a totally arbitrary rating to. Lindsay, how do you arbitrarily rate you? I rate it a bisexual man because a bisexual man is... The fully realized <laughs> no, male. No, it was the optimized oh. male. <laughs> he's, dude, he's so funny. Every line he says at a certain... Like, once you cross a threshold with him and realize that he's just a caricature of this, like, super buff guy, yeah. then he becomes totally hilarious. I was annoyed with him at first. And then I was like, oh, okay, I see what we're doing with this character. And for the rest of the, every line he says is absolutely hysterical. And I loved it to death. I arbitrarily rate you as eight out of 10 fresh tarts. Oh, okay. Because that's what I want for season four. A new fresh start. A fresh, that was a cute name for a the cute bakery. Pun? A cute pun. And she, uh, that, I don't know that, you know, the show really gets me thinking when you, when you marry a, a good baker who. Mm. Does these things on her I'm going to read these be... books and I'm going to know better how to kill you. I know. That's what that's what it feels like. I was like, I was watching her, you know, and towards the end of this, there's this whole thing about her baking a pie and human parts in it as, a little as kind Todd of a, story. as kind of a shtick. Yeah. I was yeah. like, this is very Sweeney Toddy. And right as she opened the bakery, I was like, oh, we're doing a Sweeney Todd I thing here. I thought so for sure. I get it. Um, and then I was like, wait a minute. I could be in a pie. <laughs> <laughs> Never bake me, okay? Okay. Just deal. bake me something. Oh, Not this a year. Chilled pie. You were gonna you were gonna bake <laughs> me a carrot cake this year. That's what I always request. Yes. And I said no carrot cake, please. Because you just refused to eat my bakes. But I did have some carrot cake earlier this year when you made some for Easter. Yes. And that was good. I think that'll suffice me till next year. Next year. You're saving yourself for Thanksgiving pie? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Should I? Or, or should I save myself for, like, it, do I need a piece of pumpkin pie this year? I don't think All so. Right, I don't well, think I like pumpkin pie we'll, that we'll much. We'll discuss this later. <laughs> yeah, but what about... But what on, if I make it? 
You're going to home make a pumpkin pie? I know you, you don't like homemade pumpkin pie. That's because it's I'm not unnecessary. Bother with that. Costco sells a great pumpkin pie. It's like $6. <laughs> That's all the time we've got. We want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Media Files. And thank you again, Lindsay, for being here this week. Of course. The Media Files is provided by RPGera.com. Technical assistance is provided by Brian. Producers are Severin D, Jexac, and Joe the Chode. I'm on Instagram at Brewstuff. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H or at the RPG Era Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to. And until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. Goodbye.